have the privilege now of introducing a friend of Mount Zion, a friend of Pastor Chris. Uh, he is uh, Pastor John Dewberry. I have a bio here that his wife sent me, and he said, don't read all that. Just tell him I'm y'all's friend and go on. I said, nope. She sent it. I'm reading it. She wanted to put this as the first line, John, I think it's funny. She's been married to you for 30 years, so I think that's a prayer request. So, two children, Jonathan and Avery. Um, he loves sharing the, the Lord and God's word. Pastor John has been pastoring Community Bible Fellowship Church for the past 18 years, so that is awesome. He's a graduate of Carver Bible College, um, and he has uh, several certifications from the Urban Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans. He's a chaplain for full Benefit International Group, and he's the chaplain of Atlanta Motor Speedway. So, Pastor John Dewberry, please come share God's word with us. I don't want you to, we're going to be here for the next hour and a half, so let's get comfortable <laughs> so that we'll all be on the same page. <laughs> Got a young lady up front, is he serious? <laughs> <laughs> But I, uh, I, I don't like all those accolades, but I do want to correct one thing he said, that uh, it is called the Bennett International Group in Henry County. Uh, it's a trucking company that's owned by a Christian woman. So, so you will know that I am not working for a heathen. So <laughs> yeah, I just thank you. I am, I am grateful for being able to come and share with you this morning. But I also want you to know I had some sermon notes for you that I, um, I, don't, I don't have them now. But I did have them. <laughs> I don't have them now. And I'm hoping that they don't put sermon notes up there. Uh, y'all, please say you ain't going to put any up there. Y'all got, y'all oh, good. Thank you, Jesus. Because God changed my sermon. I, uh, I was going to, so that you, for you homiletic uh, folks and hermeneutics and, uh, the ones that feel like you have to exegete a text and make sure that it's accurate as well as biblical centric. It was going to be out of 2 Kings chapter 7, verses 4 through 8, dealing with these leopards, those, four, those leopards that was put out of the camp. So I was going to talk to you about that and show you my points. We're going to be giving you my points real quick. The first point was, do we stay here and die? Do we go back in and die? And do we go out and live? So you got my sermon notes for that. You can give that to Chris, and then you just take your offering up and go home. So look at Second Chronicles chapter 15. I love y'all's pastor. He and I go at it all the time because we love each other dearly, and uh, we enjoy seeing people grow in their walk with the Lord. Now my second sermon for you, because I thought I was going to have to preach twice, my second sermon to you was going to be dealing with Luke chapter 16, verses 19 through 30. And I was going to talk to you about a hard heart. If you've got a hard heart, we're dealing with the rich man and Lazarus. Some folks have a hard heart. They feel like that the world revolves around them, but it doesn't. So let's look at 2 Chronicles chapter 15. Be there for shortly. I don't, for the next 45 minutes, so she won't get discouraged with me. Next 45 minutes, I was just kidding. We don't speak long. Second Chronicles chapter 15. I told uh, Chris, I said, is your congregation hard to preach to? <laughs> and he did just like y'all, kind of snickered and laughed. I said, well, let me ask the next question. Is your congregation majority of the membership saved? He did just like y'all did just then. <laughs> 
So somewhere along the way, we're we between a, a, a rock and a hill because I, I'm thinking majority of you know the Lord and the other ones are saying, I'm just going to see what church is all about. So let's look at 2 Chronicles 15. You got it? Those that don't say, please wait. I, I, I like this little thing here. It makes me have to look down. Do Chris use this? That's why the anointing is so high on this thing. So if you don't mind, let's stand together and as I share with you these scriptures real quickly. If you can't stand, that's fine, but I would like for you to stand with me if you could. I read out a New American Standard Version. You say, I've been standing all through this praise and worship. And before I go any further, y'all think, I want to thank God for my praise and worship leader, kids. Come on, y'all. Let's thank the Lord for kids. Now, y'all really lucked out because if his mom had been up here with him, they'd have told this place up. So just so you know, wave for now. There you go. That's his mom. She's a great singer as well. Second Chronicles chapter 15. Pick up in verse 1. It says, now the spirit of God came upon who? The son of who? And he went out to meet Asa and he said to him, listen to me, Asa. And, and watch this. And all of Judah and Benjamin, the Lord is with you when you are with him. And if you seek him, he will let you find him. But if you forsake him, he will what? Now watch this next verse. For many days Israel was without the true God and without a teaching priest and without law. But in their distress, they turned to the Lord God of Israel and they sought him and he what? For in those days there was no peace to him who went out or to him who came in. For many disturbances afflicted the inhabitants of the land. Nation was crushed by nation and city by city, for God troubled them with every kind of distress. But you, be strong and do not lose courage, for there is a reward for your work. I want to share with you for a little while, don't leave God out. Don't leave God out. Just let's say it together. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for your faithfulness. We do thank you for traveling grace and mercy, and I praise you in advance for what you're going to do in the life of this church as well as in the life of community. And Father, I praise you for just allowing me to be a steward of your word, but also to be able to communicate it to your people for the encouragement of your kingdom. And now, Lord, I pray that David often prays you let the words of my mouth, meditation of my heart be accepted in your sight. Why? Because you are my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you because I think it's important for you to understand that a lot of stuff that is happening in our world today is happening because of the fact of because of it's God causing it to happen directly, meaning that he's causing it or he's doing allowing it to happen. Watch this permissively, meaning he's giving someone permission to do the things that they do. And you say, well, God shouldn't do that. Remember, Job, Satan came to God and said, what? Give me permission to attack Job. And God said, Fine, granted, you can go do it. And then he gave him conditions that he couldn't do this and he couldn't do that. So then Satan says, okay, well, he will curse you to your face. And God says, I doubt it, but I'll let you go a little bit farther this time. All these things that are happening in our world today, either God is doing it directly or he's doing it indirectly through other agents. And what we have to understand is when you and I put God on the back burner, God has an obligation and a responsibility to himself to get our undivided attention. He has a responsibility because he will not allow you 
nor I to take his glory. So if you're trying to take his glory, God says, what I will do is I will cause havoc in your life. And the reason I will call havoc in your life is because I need your attention to be focused on me and for you to remember that I'm still in charge. That's what you say, amen. I want you to say something else to you before I go too far. I had a guy ask me, he said, do you think that Mother Nature is doing us justice? Because with all the fire and with all the tornadoes and with all the rain and the hurricanes. And I said, well, I don't know who Mother Nature is, but I know who Father God is. I said, Father God says that he's going to do whatever he so chooses. Why? Because in Psalm, the psalm writer says that the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof and the worlds and all they that dwell in it. So since he owns it, he dictates what goes on in it. It's not, our, it's not our ability to cause these things. It's because of the will of God that these things exist. Why? Because it's his will. If you look at Job chapter 37, you'll see everything that is happening in this time frame that we live in today, God has orchestrated it because he wants to make sure he has our undivided attention. And you say, well, that's not a good God to cause rain and flood for people to lose all their stuff. Which is more important, for you lose your stuff or lose your soul? Your stuff can be replaced, your soul can't. So here you have in 2 Chronicles chapter 15 a very interesting story. You're dealing with a nation that has basically told God, we're okay because you've blessed us, you've given us stuff, you've allowed us to have victory over our enemies, you've given us the opportunity to take land, You've given us everything that you promised our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And all of a sudden, you have a situation come up where God says, I think they forgot who blessed them. I think they forgot that I'm the one that has given them everything that they have. And since they're acting that way, I'm going to put them in a situation to where they have no other recourse but to call on me. He says, and now the Spirit of God came in Azar, the son of Obed, and watch this. And he went out to meet him, to meet Asa, and said to him, listen to me, Asa, and all of Judah and Benjamin, the Lord is with you when you are with him. He tells him, he said, as long as God is the center of your life, as long as God is guiding this nation, as long as God is teaching the people his ways, he said, he's with you. He said, but when you make a decision to take and turn your back on God and do things your way, God says, I'm not going to chase you. You're coming back. And the reason that you're going to come back is because you need me. And he said, the reason that you need me is because I'm going to allow the same people that I delivered you from to, watch this, to make you come back to me. And we as a nation have to remember that, that God says, I love you. He said, you said it. I didn't say it. He said, we founded this nation upon, watch this, biblical and spiritual principles. And he said, and you're going to say that but act as if you don't know who I am. Guy asked me, he said, well, Dewberry, you are, what do you think? Do you think this is, this is a direct act of God to judge us and the world is coming to an end? <laughs> I said, bro, it don't take God to flood it to make it come to an end. I said, all he got to do is speak and it would vanish. I said, so let's not get to that aspect. I said, what you, you and I need to understand is what is God saying to us in this situation. I said, because God has spoken and has not stuttered. And since he has not stuttered and spoken clearly, what he wants to know is, what are you going to respond? 
See, it's easy for us to, you know, and I told him, I said, we do our kids like this all the time. Did you hear what I said? We say, all the time, we tell our kids, and then we tell them when we're real, real upset with them, I'm not going to tell you again. And then when they get to the next level, the next thing we say, we say is, okay, I'm going to get in them clothes with you. You'll get that on the way home. <laughs> but the uniqueness of it is, God says, I'm treating you as if you are my child. And I'm reminding you that I'm still in charge. And I'm reminding you that nothing takes place unless I give it the okay. So since I've told you all that, why are you not listening to me? So you have a whole nation that refuses to listen to God. A whole nation that tells God, I don't need you anymore. Does that not sound like our good old U.S. of A? Where we've made issues that are wrong, we've said that they are right. And what is right, we say is Wrong. God says, I'm going to get your attention now. He said, I promise you, when I get your attention this time, you're going to remember it. So watch what he tells this nation. Look at verse, <laughs> I love this part. He says, listen to me in verse 2. Asa and all of Judah and Benjamin, the Lord is with you when you are with him. And if you seek him, he will let you find him. But if you forsake him, he will, watch this, forsake you. I love this. He's telling him, he's saying, Always remember, I am not playing hide and go seek. I am standing here waiting on you. And the next verse really makes it make sense to me because I'm asking God while I was studying and looking at this, I said, now, why would you tell them you would let them find you? Look at that next verse. For many days, Israel was without the true God. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Did you hear what he said? He said the whole nation had no problem with God. They were just worshiping the wrong God. He said, see, that's what we are experiencing in this country. We don't have a problem with God. We just have a problem with the true God. See, we don't have a problem with the, the God that's on the front of our money. The one that we trust. We don't have a problem with that God. We have a problem with the one that says in his name we trust. See, God says, I, I, I know what you're doing. You're telling me I've delivered you. I've helped you. I've done all this for you. You don't need me anymore. You're going to pick up your old God and start using your old God to say, you don't, watch this, you don't make me conform. But the true God makes me conform. Watch this. The God that you and I create, we dictate to it. The God that's the true God dictates to you. So what you and I tell our God, same thing that they told him is, I'm tired of being told how to live. If I'm in your neighborhood, you just keep looking this way. Because I want you to understand something. When you tell God that you don't need for him to give you direction, he will stop giving it to you. Because he just, this whole nation, he said, the whole nation was worshiping, but they was not worshiping the true God. Y'all so sanctimonious, let me help you out some, let me help you out. They did not even have an issue with what was coming from the pulpit. You say, what do you mean? Look at the verse, look at the verse. I ain't making it up because he told you I went to school. 
It says in verse 3, for many days Israel was without the true God. And watch what the next part of it says, and without a what? Teaching priest. Which says that they had somebody preaching, but it was not teaching them how to live. They had someone to tell them, our God is awesome. The one that you're making up. That's the one that's awesome. But the one that needs to be teaching that thus says Yahweh, just watch it. Thus says the one that made you, says this is wrong. See, I want y'all to hear this. I want you to hear this. It's not a church problem that we're encountering today because you can't go anywhere in Clayton County and not see a church. They're in storefronts. They're on corners. They're sitting out like you got. Churches are everywhere. So that tells me something. Somebody is teaching, but they're teaching wrong. They're teaching to tickle your ears, to make you feel good, to make you embrace what they're saying. God says, tell the people the truth. Teach them who I am and tell them who I am. But you want somebody to rub you on your shoulder and tell you it's okay to live the way you're living. You, and this is, this is the cop out of the day. Y'all ready for the cop out of the day? That ain't none of my business. That's the cop out of the day. It ain't none of my business. What you're really saying is, I don't want them to tell me what I'm doing wrong. I hear you. I hear you. That's why I'm the senior pastor at Community Bible Fellowship, not at Mount Zion. See, y'all ain't got to go home with us. <laughs> I'm going to tell you the truth. I want you to hear what the, the passage says. They were without a teaching priest. So that tells me something, that if we got all these churches, Henry County, Clayton County, Bus County, Fulton County, Rockdale County, uh, why do we have all this division? That's another spot to say amen. Okay. you get it. See, because you got to understand something. If you're being taught the word of God, and the word of God does not look at cultural, does not look at finances, does not look at ethnicity, don't look at any of that, how is it we have all these issues? I'll tell you why. Because we don't have teaching priests. We don't have pastors telling the truth. We don't have pastors that are being honest and say, hey, we need to love one another regardless. And this is right here in the text. So y'all can tell Chris I didn't lie. You can say he said it right here in first in second Chronicles chapter 15. It said, you got some friends that ain't telling us the truth. <laughs> y'all will get that on the way home, too. <laughs> but he said he wants you to understand something. I want you to understand something. The uniqueness of what he said. He says, they're not worshiping the true God. They're not having true teaching priests. And he says, without worship the right God and without getting the right information, you're going to have distress. You see how that flows? You remove God and you have somebody teach ignorance. That's why we act the way we act. Because we removed the standard, which is God. You're thinking I just made that up too. Look at verse 4. It says, but in their, what? Distress. They turned unto the Lord God of Israel, and they sought him, and he let them find him. See, what we're experiencing as a nation is 
God says, I'm going to let you go through something so when you turn about and look at me, you're going to be able to look at me and say, I'm, whew, I'm glad I'm back home. You're going to say it. I promise you, you're going to say, I am glad I'm home. You think about it. These folks that are here that have evacuated from their home, and if they can think about it, if the hurricane skips their home and they get home and nothing is destroyed, the first thing they're going to say is, I'm glad I'm back where? Home. But let me ask you a question. You come home and home ain't there. What are you glad about then? That I wasn't there. There you go. See, you, you have to look at the big scope. You have to look at the big picture because you got to understand something. Material stuff can be replaced. God says, I need you to be an instrument of who I am. But the uniqueness of it is, he says, I have to put some distress on you. Why? Because when there's stress, you find out where you are. I, one of my professors, he told us a long time ago, he said, he said if you want to know and you got you to know this guy to appreciate it. He said, if you want to know where a person's relationship is with the Lord, put them under a little pressure. He said, just put them under a little pressure. He said, with all you guys sitting here and all this information you're learning, he said, all this is irrelevant until you get under pressure. He said, when you come in and your finance committee looks at you and say, Pastor, we can't pay you. You're going to see how much stress you're under then. <laughs> when you come in and they say, Pastor, we got a mortgage note that we can't make. What are we going to do? Let's see what you're going to do about that distress. Because, see, at the end of the day, you got to remember something. You got to keep this in mind. When you're going through your distress, the only one that can make it stress less is the one that controls it all. So you're sitting there thinking about, well, I got, I got to pay my mortgage. You know, you can pay a mortgage, and I, now this is a commercial. You can pay a mortgage, and if your house is blown away, that mortgage company still won't their money. I mean, they, just so you know, they still want their money, even if your house ain't there. You know what they're going to tell you? Y'all ready? That's something you need to discuss with your insurance company. Because <laughs> what they're really telling you is, I'm not that concerned about your, what is your dwellings. I'm concerned about what you owe me. God says, I'm concerned about what you're going through because you can't repay me for what I've already paid for. That's when you find out where you're under distress. But let's look at it closer. I want you to look at it a little closer with me because I, I was impressed with this. And, and it kind of threw me for a loop. You, 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 you get rid of God. You start worshiping what you made. Then you get some preacher to tell you something that's going to make you feel good. Then you get up under distress. Let me ask you a question because it's right here in this text so you can't say I made this up either. How many of us in here can say that we've said this, the devil sure is busy. Raise your hand. Let me see. How many people said the devil said that? You said that? Yeah. See, I, some, see, those that didn't raise your hand, after I tell you this, you're going to raise it. When God wants to get your attention, 
He touches what you have put over him. When he wants to get your attention, he disturbs whatever you put in an idle stage that you spend all your attention on and don't reflect him. Go a little bit deeper because some of y'all are so deep in here. I'm trying to find you, and I'm almost through with my sermon. <laughs> see, see, what God will do, all right, I'm going to read it to you. Verse 5. In those days, there was no peace to him who went out or to him who what? For many disturbances afflicted all the inhabitants of the land. Now, when we say, I'm pretty accurate when I say that we're going through something right now. Well, let me help you out if you don't know it. Get in your car and drive to Florida. And as you and Irma meet, <laughs> I promise you, you're going to say, this is a distressful situation right here. But I want you to hear me and understand something. When life throws something at you that you're not looking for, that can be very stressful. Watch this. And since you don't control life, shouldn't you communicate with the one that does? So let me ask you another crazy question. Listen to another question. Haven't we noticed that we have countries fighting with one another and don't even know why they don't, don't like each other? One country say, well, I don't like the way that they do this. And they say, well, fine, let's fight about it. Now watch this. In all this craziness that's going on in our country, we've been told everywhere I turn, pastor pray, pastor pray, pray and pray, 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 right? Who are you going to talk to? They want you to talk to who? God, right? They want you to talk to God. Fair? Is that fair enough? Y'all a hard group. I just want y'all to know. <laughs> is that fair? Now let me throw something that's going to really help you. If God is the one that's causing it, who are you going to talk to? <laughs> if God is the one that's causing all this havoc that we're experiencing and people are asking you, pray and ask God to give us relief, then God says, huh? <laughs> he wants to know, why do you want to talk to me now? And you say, well, I don't believe God would do these things. Told y'all I've been to school. Go to verse 6. Nation was crushed by what? And city by what? What's the rest of it say? For God troubled them with every kind of distress. Now you believe me. When God gets sick, of our foolishness. He says, I'm going to step, watch this, I'm going to step down there and let them know I'm still in charge. See, I had a guy call me, he come, he said, hey, pastor, he said, uh, he said I, I, I just want to know what your opinion is on this thing that's happening with all this racial tension and all this stuff that's going on. What do you think about it? I said, what, what, I told him, I said, this is just what I said. I said, what do you want me to say? He said, I want you to tell me, what is your position on it? I said, you know I got a lot of white friends, don't you? He said, yeah, that's why I call you. 
Y'all laughing, but that's what he said. <laughs> I said, um, well, what that got to do with anything? He said, how does your white friends feel about what's going on? I said, I had that. And they ain't brought it up. And since y'all ain't saying anything, I'm going to bring it up. <laughs> this is what I shared with him. Racism, classism, all them isms that's out there are sinisms. It's sin. And I said, if you're taking and judging a situation on a person's life because of the complexion of the skin pigmentation, then you are in sin. And I hold you as a pastor responsible for being an ignorant pastor and telling your folks ignorant stuff. So therefore, that's why ignorance is acted out, because it's been taught. See, we got to get beyond this, this foolishness. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, I, 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 I got to remember, bless her heart. And she always tell me, she said, can you go anywhere and don't nobody know you? <laughs> and I said, I make myself friendly. I'm going to speak to you. I don't care who you are, what color you are, how much money. Listen, when I was in Bible college, now y'all, this is a commercial, so I, I cut up in the clothes. When I was in Bible college, I went to school in downtown Atlanta. Yeah, I know. Mm, mm, mm. Right there off of <laughs> Northside Drive and Nelson Street. She nodded like, yes, Lord. Let me help you understand something. Before they upgraded and did the Olympics in Atlanta, if you walked on Northside Drive and Nelson Street, you better have at least eight to ten deep so you can get home. Now, I'm going to give you a place to think about. I, we had, it was our, our class assignment was we had to go out and sh do ev ev evangelism. We had to do evangelism. And we had to go to the West End. See, y'all feeling me over here. We had to go to the West End Mall. Now, if you go in the West End, if you don't have the same skin pigmentation, I'm going to tell you right now, they racist. <laughs> I'm just telling you up front. And I went in there with one of my classmates. One was a Hispanic guy, another guy was a white guy. So we go in, and I'm walking through there with them, and it was as if God stood in front of me and said, John, y'all need to turn around and go back because this ain't what, it, it was as he was saying, this ain't what you want. This ain't what you want. So I said, uh, guys, I said, let's just stand here and pray. <laughs> so they looking at me like, we going in. We want to share the gospel. I said, you need to stand here and pray right now. And so, you know, I'm being honest with y'all. So I'm looking at these guys coming our way, and I'm like, Let's, 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 let's go. <laughs> and they're going to stand there, well, we can share the gospel. I said, they don't want Jesus right now. <laughs> and they were like, John, you, you so mean. I'm like, I mean what I'm saying. We need to leave from this spot. So we walked, they, they had a little attitude, which I didn't care. So we walked out to the other part of the mall, and we were standing there, and a homeless guy was there. And I said, how you doing, friend? And he looked at me, and I never forget, he said, how do you think I'm doing? <laughs> and I, you know, I got in the flesh. I said, well, really, I don't care right about now since you're talking to me like this. And the guy, the white guy was like, John, that's not the way that Jesus would speak to him. <laughs> I said, well, you share with him then. Now, watch this. He gets down where the guy is at, he said, he said, brother, do you know Jesus Christ? And he looked at, he looked at him like, 
He said, yes, I know Jesus Christ. And he looked at him. He said, well, John, he's all right. Let's go. <laughs> I said, Lord, Jesus. <laughs> I'm like, really? But watch this. None of that stuff mattered to us because we went in there with the mindset of we're going to share Christ with these folks. And Jesus tells us over and over to share who he is with people. But when you get to a point like they were right here, God says, I have to get your attention, so I put pressure on you. And I cause you to become uncomfortable. See, because if you watch what's going on in this country right now, notice what happened first. Notice what happened first. A racist act took place first. God sneezes. Blows up harvest. Then he says, what do you think, son? He says, send armor too. Watch this. And then all of a sudden, it didn't matter what color you were when it came time to that water getting in your eye <laughs> and you trying to get rescued. Why? Because now it was not about skin tone. It was about helping one another. And what God says over and over, he says, I don't need the church to be divided. I need the church to be on one accord. The Bible says in Amos chapter 3, he says, how can we walk together unless we agree? The reason why God is causing all this havoc is because he said, it's not that the world is acting crazy. He says, it's my children. He said, I got to disturb my children so that my children can get on one accord and let the world see what heaven looks like. Right now it says it ain't looking good, but Jesus said, Daddy, let's put a little disturbance down there. He says, fine, let's do it. Watch it. Bam! All of a sudden, you see white churches, black churches, Hispanic churches coming together. And watch this. Why can't we have already been doing that? I'll tell you why. Because God caused this distress because we're not what we need to be. But you say, well, John... I hear you, I hear you, but Mount Zion, we're all on one accord. He says, yeah, I hear you, I hear you, Mount Zion. We red, yellow, black, and white, and we're all precious in God's sight. <laughs> That's what, I hear you, I hear you, Mount Zion. But let me help you understand, son. You might be red, yellow, black, and white, and you might think you're precious <laughs> in God's sight, but if we're not doing his business, we just red, yellow, black, and white. You know, the passage next is one that encourages you. You know how it encourages you? It says, for those of you that are in the family of God, that are doing what you're supposed to do, he said, be strong. Be encouraged. Because you're going to receive a reward. And I like that passage. Watch what it says in verse 7. He says, but you, Mount Zion, be strong and do not lose courage. And I like the rest of it. It says, for there is a reward for your work. He says, if you're being faithful, keep being faithful. If you're doing what God has called you to do, keep doing what God has called you to do. But if you're under stress right now, he says, it's because you're not doing what I've called you to do. And it's a lot of you sitting here today. And if you search your heart and look within that inner you and ask yourself, 
Am I doing what God has called me to do? If you can say, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, I ain't talking to you. But if you got a little doubt, I'm talking to you. What are you saying to me, John? Today is the day that you get that right with God. Today is the day where you tell God, I know I have not been all in. You say, huh? Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, Jesus tells them, and he tells Paul to tell us, he said, I don't need you partial. I need you to be all in. He said, whatever you're going to do, I need you to do it all in. See, when you're doing it all in, hurricanes and fires don't worry you. You know why? Because you ain't interested in that. You know what you're about your father's business. You ever, I, I, I was talking to a friend of mine, and we was talking, and I said, um, when you know that you had a good night's sleep, it's when it's been thundering, lightning, wind blowing, trees toppled and everything, and you wake up and say, I slept through all that. And they say, yeah, you didn't hear none of that? No, I didn't hear none of that. You know what you're really saying? I was all into my sleep. I was dead to the world, but I was alive in my sleep. And what God is expecting from everybody in here is for you to be dead to the world and be all in with him. See, you, you don't understand when you gave your life to Jesus Christ and you told him you wanted him to be your personal savior, what you told him is, I'm all in. And he said, well, let's see. And if you can't say, I'm all in, you need to do business with him this morning. You need to set, the old folks say, your house in order and do business with God. Let's pray. Father, we, we are indeed grateful and we are indeed honored to be able to speak to you. But Lord, we are also asking and pleading with you that you would help us to be all in. We're praying and asking that you in your own sovereign way, that you will allow your Holy Spirit to continue to convict our hearts, but also to give us clarity on the areas that we need to change. Father, even though we may not understand the things that you are doing and this day and time, and even though we may not even like what you're doing, but at least we know that you say all things work together for the good of those of us who love you. And Father, we love you and we thank you and we praise you because you are our God. And Father, I pray and ask that if it's anyone here today that don't know your son, Jesus Christ, is their personal savior, I pray that the stress that they've been under, the, the wrestling and the tugging, and the, the frustration and anxiety that they've been experiencing, I pray you release them today so that they may be able to give their lives to you wholeheartedly. And Father, I pray for every marriage here. I pray for whatever stress is going on in that. I pray and ask that you remove it and give them peace that surpasses all understanding. And Father, I pray for every single person here today. I pray that you allow them to love you more than they do this world. Allow them to see you in everything that they do. And we are indeed grateful. And Father, I praise you in advance that you're going to use this church as a beacon of light sitting on the hill to lead people to your son, Jesus Christ, so that people can experience the salvation that you've already extended to them. 
In Jesus' glorious name we do pray. Amen.